Welcome to the newest installment of The Voice Speaks. I am Olufemi Nathan Oshako, Executive Director of Eternal Crown Ministries and host of this podcast. In keeping with our study of David's life, we are picking back up in 2 Samuel chapter 19 and covering verses 9 through 14 today with the thought for the lesson being the right way. I'll be reading from the New International Readers Version. Let us begin. People from all the tribes of Israel began to argue among themselves. They were saying, the king saved us from the power of our enemies. He saved us from the power of the Philistines, but now he has left the country to escape from Absalom. We anointed Absalom to rule over us, but he died in battle. So why aren't any of you talking about bringing the king back? Though deposed, the people still revered David as king. Just because you're not in your rightful position at this specific moment does not take away from whatever it is that God has made you, whatever it is that he has ordained for you to be. You may not be where you need to be at that moment, but that doesn't take away from it. When looking at David's life, he was anointed king as a boy, as a teenager, but he wasn't king at that moment. It wasn't time for him to move into that position, though he had been anointed. He went along and some approximately 17 years later, he was anointed king by Judah and then was anointed the king of Israel after that. He was king running away from Saul in the desert of Judea. He was king when he was with the Philistines and living at Ziklag. Just because you're not in that position at that specific moment doesn't take away from what God has called for you to be. Verses 11 and 12. King David sent a message to Zadok and Abiathar the priest. David said, speak to the elders of Judah. Tell them, news has reached me where I'm staying. People all over Israel are talking about bringing me back to my palace. Why should you be the last to do something about it? You are my relatives. You are my own flesh and blood. So why should you be the last to bring me back? The word that the people wanted David back as a king traveled to where he was he said to judah look don't be the last people start the campaign to bring me back take the lead in this you're my kinsman you don't want to be on the bandwagon trying to catch up now he didn't say this but we just talked about it a moment ago judah was the first to name him king why and when did they name him king after saul died and there was no king they said look David is a king. We'll have him come and rule over us. We know the stories. We know what Samuel did. He's our kinsman. We'll have him rule over us. Now that the nation is again without a king, because the king that they chose died in battle, it just makes sense for Judah to be the ones to bring him back. Each time that David took the throne, it was by invitation, which we spoke about a little bit ago. Judah asked him to come. Then Israel said, look, you've been head over 
Judah and everything's been going good. Abner got mad at uh, the one son that they tried to make king over Israel. was like, look, I am going to turn the hearts of the people and the land over into the hands of David. And that's what happened. He did not launch a military campaign. He very well could have. He had the acumen and the skill and the experience to do all of that. No, when it was time for him to lead, it was time for him to take the throne, it was by invitation. Judah, as well as all of Israel, messed up. They made Absalom their king. When you mess up, it's important to remember that you need to own your mistakes. Don't be afraid to say, I messed up. I got it wrong. Guess what? You're a human being. You're going to mess up. You're going to get it wrong. We all are. So own the things that you have, especially as a leader. Craig Rochelle, the pastor of Life Church, is someone that I follow from afar. I love listening to his leadership podcast that come out at the beginning of each month. And I just like him. He, he's a good dude. He's got good uh, sound information that he provides. And one thing that he says at the end of his leadership podcast, and it stuck with me, is that people would rather follow a leader that's always real than to follow one who's always right. It's better to be real. They know, people know that are following you when you've made mistakes. You don't have to kind of hide it all well you know if i don't say anything then then no one will pay attention no they know and it speaks a lot about your character when you can't own your stuff just own it don't be afraid to admit your mistakes verse 13 say to amasa aren't you my own flesh and blood you will be the commander of my army for life in place of joab if that isn't true may god punish me greatly at this moment, there was redundancy. Joab had been the commander of the army, but Amasa was made the commander when Joab left with David to flee. Amasa is a kinsman of David, just like Joab is a kinsman of David. So you got a redundancy here. Okay, you got two leaders of the army, but you can really only have one. Why would David choose Amasa versus Joab, who's been with him the entire time? When David left as Saul was pursuing him, Joab and his brothers, they came along with the other people and they were right there with him. So why Amasa now? Well, let's not forget, Joab is the same one that used cunning methods to get Absalom back into the kingdom. Joab is the same one that killed Abner after David said, I won't touch you, when he came to make peace and make a treaty and make an allegiance with David to turn Israel over to him. Yet Joab was like, no, that's not, that, that can't go down like that. So he tricked Abner, told him David said come back and wound up killing him. This is the same one that David told, look, don't kill the boy Absalom for my sake. Be, you know, just capture him. Don't kill him. But he did it anyway. So, yeah, 
Joab's been out of pocket. He really can't be trusted. So it's best to have someone else in there. Now, here's what is the genius part of Amasa being the leader. Many times in the hierarchy of kingdoms and governments, whenever people are trying to overthrow it, there's a leader involved, obviously. Many times it's a military leader. If the military leader has the heart of the people, specifically if he has the heart of the army you've got all the might you can come in and do whatever you want to do because you got all the the armament you got all the weapons you got all the fighting people so making a massa head over everything was good because now you're in line with you're in legion with david not against him. If he was out there by himself, then he may have killed David to take over. He may have led a coup. He may have feared for his life because he was leading an army that was in opposition to David. But by bringing him in, you got the army, you got the people, and it just makes sense. It was wise. It solidified him as king further, and it was just the right move to make. Find out the people that are around you and what they can do. As you're going into a leadership position, if it's not something that you're starting from scratch, it's wise to find out whose confidence you need to gain in order to lead the people effectively. Many times if you can help the right people, they will then help others and bring along others with them to support the vision that God has given you. Having the right people in your corner makes leadership a lot less difficult. All right, verse 14, and then we'll close things out. It says, so the hearts of all the men of Judah were turned toward David. All of them had the same purpose in mind. They sent a message to the king. They said, we want you to come back. We want all your men to come back too. Again, David did things the right way. He was invited back. Absalom schemed, backdoored, strong-armed his way to the throne. David didn't do that. He didn't use flattery. He didn't use gifts to win the hearts of people. He spoke the truth, and he used reason. He didn't try to divert or devalue anything like Absalom did. He, he diverted people away from David and devalued his authority. He appealed to the flesh of people. He was operating through deception. That's not how David did it. David just went along doing the things that he knew to do and doing what God said to do. Daniel chapter 2 verse 21 tells us that the Lord is the one that establishes kings and kingdoms. If there is something that the Lord wants you to do, if there's a leadership position that he desires for you to have, you don't need to scheme to do it or to get it. He'll make that way for you. So don't try to help God. He doesn't need your help. Unless he tells you to use force or he tells you to do something, be obedient. Whatever he says do, do it. Do it with a willing heart. But don't go over and above anything that he said to do, because, again, he doesn't need your help. OK, key points. It's not where you are. 
but it's whose you are that makes you royalty, that makes you a leader. Don't be afraid to admit your mistakes. Again, as Craig Rochelle says so eloquently, and I'm probably misstating it, but the spirit of the things is there. People would rather follow a leader who's always real than one who's always right. If God has planned to bless you with something, you don't have to scheme for it. If he gives you instructions, do what he says. But again, don't go above that because he doesn't need your help. Say love, pause, and think about this. I'm so glad that you listened to this podcast. I ask that you subscribe, share it, tell a friend about it. Give us a five-star review if you like. Uh, if not, then give us whatever review that you would like to give us. But please, if you do me a favor, a great big favor, share this with someone that you believe can be blessed by the lesson. All right. Until next week, God bless and keep it together.